Hi, everybody. I'm sorry for the late start. It's now, uh, looks like 10.33 a.m. Uh, it is World Blood Donor Day, and we're glad to have you all on. Uh, this is our uh, news conference to share info on uh, what is happening with our local blood supply this time of year, and of course, uh, why we've set aside June 14 as World Blood Donor Day. Uh, this is the date of birth of Dr. Carl Lonsteiner, who is the researcher who identified that there are different blood groups. Uh, he was born in Austria and um, uh, worked in, around the turn of the century uh, in this area and, and was able to identify that there's a type A, which is my blood type, a type B, a type O, and a type AB, and also identified the RH factor in blood. Uh, so blood centers actually all across the globe recognize June 14 as World Blood Donor Day. Uh, it does come during a time of year when blood centers in our part of the world uh, face challenges with the blood supply. Uh, that is due to, in, in part, uh, the school year ends and our big blood drives that we have at high schools, colleges, and universities are no longer on our schedule. Uh, my colleague here, Amanda Hess, will have more to say about factors that influence uh, blood collection, but it's also a, a time of year uh, when hospital emergency departments uh, talk about this period between Memorial Day and Labor Day as trauma season. Uh, of course, any day of the year, uh, you could have uh, accidents out on the road or you know, even violence or, or workplace accidents that lead to blood loss, uh, but the, as the weather warms, and people are out and doing more, uh, the hospitals do find an increase in, in the demand for blood due to trauma. Uh, here in our region, uh, we saw in May a, a terrible traffic pileup on an interstate in central Illinois uh, due to a dust storm uh, that occurred. And then more recently uh, in Davenport, Iowa, the partial collapse of an apartment building, both reminders that it's important to keep uh, a strong and stable blood supply year round. So, uh, that's all that we have. We have a lot to cover. Uh, I want to ask Amanda Hess, who's our Vice President, Donor Relations and Marketing, to take it from here. Uh, for our folks in the media, by the way, we are recording this today uh, it, and invite you to record also in your own production studios. We'll post a recording at, at bloodcenter.org news as soon as we can after we're done. Uh, but uh, we'll have a couple of speakers here and then uh, move into to questions. So go ahead, Amanda. Thank you, Kirby. Happy World Blood Donor Day, everyone. We love celebrating this day uh, because our donors are really at the heart of everything that we do. Uh, Kirby's right. Between Memorial Day and Labor Day, we are more challenged. In general, only about 5% of the population gives blood to begin with. So we have our work cut out for us to make sure that there are safe, uh, products, blood products used for transfusions for patients, um, for all kinds of things. Kirby articulated that well. Um, but summer is a challenge because normally we see around 3,600 donations every week. And that drops by as much as 20%, depending on the week during the summer between Memorial Day and Labor Day, especially those immediate weeks surrounding the holiday. But really that entire period, we see a significant drop um, just for an example, last week we saw less than 3,000 donations. And when we normally see 3,600, uh, you can imagine how challenging it is to make sure that the right blood 
product of the right type gets to the patients when they need it. Uh, blood has a very short shelf life. Um, you know, red blood cells survive, uh, can be transfused within 42 days, platelet products even less, uh, seven days. So we're constantly moving blood products around to make sure that they get to the hospitals when they need them. We do Impact Life is a not-for-profit uh, regional blood center, and we serve um, hospitals in Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Missouri. So um, we provide blood to our local hospitals from local volunteer donors. So the 3,600 donations, it has to come from within our communities. Um, and that goes back to our patients in our communities. Um, we do um, have those situations where there are um, peaks in use of blood. And so we always have to have extra on the shelf to be able to accommodate when a disaster or a crisis occurs. Um, every day when someone needs blood, it is a crisis for that individual and for their families. But then there are times when there is a lot of blood needed, either for one person or multiple people. And that's what makes it a real challenge in the summer. Uh, right now, we're sitting at a less than three-day supply for type O red blood cells and B negative, um, which we strive for at least five days supply on hand of all the blood types for red blood cells. The needs for platelets are daily because of that very, very short turnaround time on those products. Um, and I would just say, you know, if, if, Every donor looked at this as just a part of life and something that they can do to support their community. Routine donations would prevent us from having blood shortages. Right now, less than about 70% of our donor base gives only once or twice a year. So 70% of the volunteer donors we rely on only give once or twice a year. If we had donors, more donors that would give every 56 days as they're eligible as part of their lifestyle, it would make a huge difference and would create that stability, um, that cushion that we need for those crisis situations. So um, I really, truly, if you take nothing away from this, um, want to show gratitude for our volunteer blood donors because it can't come from anywhere else. It has to come from volunteer donors. And this day is really about celebrating those heroes, those volunteers. Um, it's the blood that they gave yesterday and the uh, week before and, and even last month that is what saves a life tomorrow if something bad happens. So um, they do that not knowing who they're going to help. Um, we do have a great Thank the Donor program where patients can get uh, can give little thank you notes to the donors that gave their unit of blood, and we are able to share those stories on our social media channels at Impact Life Blood. So, uh, would encourage anybody who's interested in seeing some of those great stories to to follow us on social. And then, volunteer blood donors, you can actually schedule your own appointments online at bloodcenter.org or we have an app uh, and our donor schedulers are always on hand seven days a week um, to take calls. And, and for donors that maybe want to try it for the first time, they are wonderful and can walk you through the process, but it's 800-747-5401. So thank you to everyone supporting World Blood Donor Day. Thank you to our donors. And, and I'll turn it over to uh, Kirby to hear from some of our medical experts. Thank Thanks, you. Amanda. Yeah, Amanda and the recruiting team uh, bring in more than 200,000 uh, donations annually. You know, this is donor centers, mobile blood drives. 
so we have great support out there. Uh, we just need it on a, a very consistent basis, right? Uh, so we have two other speakers. Uh, Dr. Daniela Hermelin is the chief medical officer for our blood center. Uh, Dr. Hermelin uh, joined us formally about a year ago and has direct experience working in a major uh, trauma center laboratory or blood bank at a hospital, uh, worked with Impact Life in that capacity at St. Louis University Hospital and, and Cardinal Glennon uh, Children's Medical Center, and uh, now is, is on uh, uh, our side of, of that relationship as Chief Medical Officer for Impact Life. And so, uh, Dr. Hermelin, I just wanna invite you to talk about uh, trauma season and the, the reasons uh, that, that the use of blood is uh, you know, always important, but uh, what's different this time of the year. Thank you, Kirby. And Amanda, that was just so eloquently stated all the different reasons that we do need blood right now. And yes, going back just a year ago, I was on the other side of the curtain and that was being the medical director of transfusion service for St. Louis University Hospital, Colonel Glennon. And, uh, you know, being on call the night of Memorial Day can get us, can get your, your blood pressure going. We, we, we don't joke around. We, it's a serious thing in the hospital. Trauma season does start on Memorial Day. And um, that's when we see, unfortunately, different types of traumas happening, um, lots of celebrations happening. So, you know, with that, there can become a lot of motor vehicle accidents, motorcycle accidents, unfortunately, drownings um, and, and other such types of traumas where there's a massive bleeding that occurs. And when that happens, we have patients that, that come to the hospital requiring large amounts of blood. And so in reviewing these day-to-day, -day, you know, I, I have seen that trauma season starts at Memorial Day, kind of ends at uh, Labor Day, and we see a little bit of a bell-shaped curve in, in blood, util blood utilization. We see the need for more blood products during this time. And um, I remember kind of actually increasing our, our blood usage, uh, go, going to Impact Life and, and requesting for a little bit more blood during this time period. And, um, and that's to really cover the, the needs of the patients that are coming into the hospitals during this time. And, um, you know, my colleagues who are, are really in the ED, who are on the floors, who are in the OR, and, and hopefully you're going to be hearing from somebody, um, one of our trauma surgeons, there, there's probably nothing more scary in life for a surgeon not to have access to blood for their patient. And I, I've heard that fear in their voice. I know what it's like when there is a patient on the, in the trauma bay. They need blood now. They need to transfuse and they usually need lots of it. And I was always so grateful that Impact Life was able to supply us with a certain amount of blood um, to be able to cover our trauma resuscitations, because when it's needed, it's needed now. It's critical. It's urgent. It's essential. And I've seen how having blood on the shelf and in, in, at SLU, we actually were able to add blood right in the trauma base. So the trauma surgeons turn their shoulder, they open up a refrigerator and blood is available to them to actually transfuse right there. 
And we also added blood to the OR refrigerators also so when the need is there and they're bringing that patient from the trauma bay to the OR, they have blood readily available to them. And again, the, just the need to have blood, have it accessible so our trauma surgeons can provide that trauma resuscitation is essential. And during this time, we, we have a greater need. Uh, so I wanna thank our donors today, World Blood Donor Day. It's actually a global celebration. And I just wanna thank our local donors though, for supplying the blood to our hospitals. Um, thank you. What you do is truly life-saving. So um, Kirby, feel free to ask me any more questions yeah. that I haven't been able to, to answer. We will. I, I, I love how you put it about, you know, they open the refrigerator in, in surgery, in trauma, and the blood is there. Uh, because you know we, we see on our side of it uh, the donations being made and, and that just gives an image of, uh, of where they end up and, and how they're used in those uh, critical moments. Uh, we have also with us uh, Dr. Linda Jones and by the way we'll have a, a round for questions uh, here in a few minutes after we're done. Uh, Linda Jones is uh, Vice President for Ancillary Operations with Memorial Health System out of Springfield, Illinois and she also knows uh, what that side of the equation is like. You know, how is blood uh, used in trauma? What what is is the need for blood? You know, really really for all of those other reasons that we think of as normal and routine. But of course, that they're never normal and routine for the patient. We're talking about cancer, uh, other types of sur surgery. Sometimes uh, blood transfusions are needed when there's complications uh, related to childbirth. And so uh, uh, Linda Jones, uh, again, from Memorial Health System in Central Illinois, uh, could, could you please uh, go ahead and share your remarks on uh, use of yeah. blood? What happens this time of year? Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, I appreciate the opportunity to partner with Impact Life, not only today on World Blood Day, but every day of the year. This is an important relationship for our physicians and patients who need blood products. You've already heard Kirby talk about that the most common uh, patients needing blood are those who are having surgery, who have a diagnosis of cancer, or who experience a trauma. And trauma is the number one cause of death for individuals under the age of 45 in the US. And um, results in over 150,000 deaths in the United States every year. It's unbelievable when you see the nationwide scope of this, but 41 million visits to emergency departments in the US are caused by trauma every year. And 2.3 million of those people need admission to the hospital. 15 to 20% of trauma patients require transfusion. And 3% of those require what we call massive transfusion. I'll talk about both of those in a minute, but first just to say that transfusion medicine has changed incredibly over the past few years, uh, especially in the last decade, as we've become more aware about the importance of the different components of blood and how to use those in a situation of large blood loss. An individual can actually bleed out and lose almost their whole blood volume in five minutes 
in a situation of trauma. So immediate response uh, just out in the field by our emergency teams that are transporting patients to hospitals and the ability, as Dr. Hermelin talked about, to respond quickly and immediately in the emergency room is very, very important to individuals' survival. So it used to be that we thought about red blood cells as being the most important blood component. But when you're having rapid and large losses of blood, it's very important that we balance the components of blood and give people all of the different blood products that can help get them back to a static state. So certainly red blood cells are the backbone of transfusion because they're so important to us in terms of transporting oxygen and maintaining blood volume. Plasma though, is which is the liquid part of the blood is also important to us and adds in terms of helping us maintain the blood volume as well as carrying other important components of the blood that are important in oxygen and nutrient transportation and also in immunity. And then the third component that is often used in transfusion are platelets, which are critical to blood clotting. And that's, that's where in the individual who's losing a lot of blood and getting replacement blood products, it's very important for us to be able to assure that their blood is going to be able to clot appropriately because it tends to become more liquid, less likely to clot when you're having a rapid turnover of those blood products. 3% of individuals who um, get transfusion from trauma require what we call massive transfusion or what we shortcut to call in hospital, the MTP, the Massive Transfusion Protocol, which has been defined over and over again now by our emergency medicine and trauma specialists, where we're balancing those components I talked about to usually a ratio of one to one or one to two, where for every red blood cell component, you also need platelets and plasma. Uh, you heard earlier that the local blood supply dropped by 600 units uh, in just one week in terms of our donations. In a massive transfusion protocol, you can use up to 100 units of blood products. So critical supply for us in the summer for us to have enough of these components available to really give patients the best care at the bedside and immediate resuscitation. They're in life-threatening situations and every unit you donate makes an important difference. Believe it or not, while I was sitting here waiting to be talking to, I saw my cell phone ring and it was the 800 number from Impact Life trying to solicit me as a donor. And I can tell you, if you practice gratitude in your life, there's nothing better than the feeling of having spent 45 minutes of your time and walking away knowing that you could have saved three people's lives 
by that one unit of blood that's being broken down into those blood components. So it's it's really valuable uh, for you personally as well to be a blood donor and know that you're helping others. Dr. Jones, wow, that's, um, that's really something you got a call from our scheduling team. I uh, did. <laughs> just on the day, I guess. Uh, we, we know they're always at work, you know, and, and uh, trying to fill those schedules. Um, it's hard work because of the that percentage of people who are eligible to donate. You know, it's not just everyone. And those who uh, have experience as blood donors is a smaller percentage still. Um, I, I'd just like to go ahead and invite any questions uh, if folks want to either uh, unmute a microphone or um, submit questions via chat and um, wonder how else uh, we can help media with any coverage on blood supply today. And also, of course, thank you for joining us. So go ahead and submit those and, and we'll just take a, a few moments. Uh, if there aren't any, then I'm going to come up with some questions. I have one if I could jump in. Jim Leach at WMAY in Springfield. It was mentioned earlier that uh, only 5% of the population donates. Do you have any figures overall as to what percentage of the total population is going to require a transfusion in the course of a given year? How do those numbers match up and, and how do they change during these summer months? Wow, that's a, a good way to put that question. The comparison of uh, about 5% of those eligible to give uh, do and then you know what one way i think to look at it and i'm sure others will jump in with a better answer is that anyone might need uh, a blood transfusion um you know on, on the basis of either a new diagnosis or a trauma you know it, it, even just yesterday I, I, I this didn't turn out to be anything but a car came right through a stop sign uh and i slammed on my brakes and we missed and they kept on going and i went about my day but um it, we weren't very far apart, right? And so that, that that kind of a notion. But Jim, that's not really an answer to your question about the percentage of people who might need a blood transfusion. So uh, it, Dr. Jones, Dr. Hermelin, uh, Amanda, in, any uh, you know numbers on that that you have available or could share? You know, I don't have actual numbers. I think it's a great question, but I also think people need to realize if God forbid someone needs to come to the hospital and because of major blood loss, they don't need one unit of blood. So it's not going to be a one-to-one -one either um, in the setting of, of, of shock and, and blood loss. So um, even if we came up with a number to say that, you know, per million people during the summer, this many or sustain a trauma that require blood products, that one person may require three units. You know, in those situations, it's not always a one-to-one. -one. It's really our chronic hematology oncology patients that I think those numbers might be more apparent to us, you know, because we can kind of guesstimate how many units are required in that population or even our um, chronic uh, you know, patients that have liver cirrhosis and GI bleeding, that might be a little bit easier. But in terms of trauma, like I said, it's it's not going to be one-to-one. -one. We do have a statistics guide. So we can actually, that was created by a national association, um, ADRP. So we can make that available too. There may be some good information there that um, might be relevant to that question. Yeah, and I'll look into that uh, for Jim as soon as we're done here. 
uh, I, I do know how to reach you. So uh, I'll, I'll stay in touch on that. Good Great. question. Thank you. Okay, other things uh, folks would like to know? Dr. Jones, I'm so glad you, you talked about massive transfusion protocol or MTP. Um, we see the emails on our side. It's usually someone from our uh, inventory management and distribution team that will will write a message. You know, we had an MPT at you know such and such hospital. We we get kind of the bare information, you know, and maintaining uh, the patient confidentiality. But when um, you know when it's time to move units of blood and have them in place to either replace from a spike in blood utilization or in the case of the dust storm along I-55 in early May, um, it, it turned out that patients didn't come needing blood transfusions, but we didn't know as uh, ambulances and paramedics were on their way to that site. And so that was another case of those IMD teams uh, moving units of blood uh, to make sure that we would be ready. Um, that that you know, kind of uh, proactive communication and response reminds how it, it's the blood that's already on the shelves, you know, that was donated yesterday, last week, uh, tested and processed and ready uh, to be used that makes the difference. You're so right about that. And so it's really hard to anticipate that. We're so fortunate that the work that Impact Life does and how they keep our levels of blood supply um, we can have regular blood deliveries from Impact Life, but our utilization is not even throughout the day or through the week. And so we can always rely on Impact Life to resupply us when we're having a lot of use. Um, for example, right here at Springfield Memorial, within the last week, we had a day in which there were four declared traumas that required blood transfusions. We were fortunate that none of those used massive amounts, but the collection of four at once. And the other thing that's very um, meaningful here for us in terms of use of the blood supply is we have an inpatient oncology unit where people are getting blood transfusions frequently and we also have a busy leukemia service. So in addition to you know, the usual uses of blood, um, people who have leukemia do not form their blood cells very well um, because of impairments in their bone marrow. And we're frequently using uh, red cells and platelets for those individuals. So we, we see a lot of fluctuation in our blood supply based on just the patient mix in our emergency room, inpatient units and operating rooms. 